0: Today on Understanding Immigration, predictions
1: for 2022. You you would think that there'd be some kind of protocols put in place for those arriving on our southern border unlawfully. We barely saw anything this past year, the first year under Biden.
0: I think something we're really gonna realize in an alarming fashion in 2022 is that bad apprehension numbers are just the start of the problems. Coming Coming to you from Washington,
1: Washington, D.C., you are now listening to FAIR's
0: Understanding Immigration Podcast.
1: Happy New Year, and welcome back to FAIR's Understanding Immigration Podcast. I'm Matthew Trageser, FAIR's Communications Manager, and today I'm joined by Spencer Raley, FAIR's Director of Research. We hope everyone had a safe and happy holiday. We're very excited to bring you all many new episodes this upcoming year. We're obviously going to have a lot to talk about in 2022, And so, today we're going to be discussing what we should expect in 2022 under the Biden administration regarding immigration-related matters, of course. President Biden and his administration effectively dismantled nation's immigration apparatus in just one year, not even. Southern border arrests rose to levels never seen before. Deportations and arrests of those unlawfully present in the country fell to historic lows. And policies that kept the southern border secured and helped remove those here unlawfully were stripped almost immediately after the administration assumed the Oval Office. What could have become a better issue for President Biden, especially with the Democrat-controlled House and Senate, became his worst. Immigration became his kryptonite and tanked his approval ratings. Now that we're in 2022, the question becomes whether he and his administration will pursue new measures that can steer the ship in a better direction. So, Spencer, let's begin. You know, obviously one of the biggest stories of 2021 was the sheer number of people crossing our southern border unlawfully. Just unprecedented figures. Uh, We saw more than 1.7 million illegal aliens uh, apprehended in the previous fiscal year, which was a 380% increase from fiscal year 2020 and the highest total for fiscal year on record. So should we, can we expect similar figures this upcoming fiscal year?
0: Thanks, Matthew. And yeah, I mean, if anything, I think we can actually probably expect higher figures. Uh, Let's not forget that during fiscal year 2021, the first few months, Trump was still president. Yeah, you know, the fiscal year starts you know a little bit before the the physical year starts, and so we saw these these figures at 1.7 million for the entire year, but you're talking three months or so where it was largely in the seventy thousands uh, when President Trump was uh, was in office. Then we saw for that same time to start fiscal year 2022, you know September, October, November, and December. These figures were closer to 200,000. Mm-hmm. So honestly, I not only do I not think 2 million is out of the picture, I think that's probably the most likely scenario. We're going to see figures jump way up into those. Uh, my team, uh, my research team just recently released a report where we looked at, you know, the border in 2021. We just found that with every single one of these things that President Biden did dismantling immigration enforcement on the border, such as halting wall construction to, you uh, uh, Ending MPP, then being required by a court by a federal court to reinstate it, but not really reinstating right. it. it uh, they're slow walking it. Yeah, they're they're slow walking it. Uh, and then of course you know terminating asylum cooperation agreements, uh, almost immediately reinstituting catch and release, dismantling mm-hmm. interior enforcement, and just all these all these uh, all these things, and they're not done. And so. It, it should be expected that things are just going to continue to get worse as we go into 2022. And uh, yeah, I would say we're on pace. We are on pace at this point to see more than 2 million. So the only question is whether at some point, I guess you could say it naturally slows down because everyone who wanted to come here has gotten here. But I don't think that's, that's the case. I think we're just going to continue to see this get worse.
1: Right. And I mean, you touched on this perfectly. I mean, there's been no indication that the Biden administration is going to uh, reimplement or bring back any of these Trump-era border immigration policies, and you know what's happening right now is just continuing to encourage large waves of illegal immigration. And you know, you think about it, think about how much COVID has made an impact on countries around the world. A lot of people mm-hmm. are losing their jobs, looking for better wages, and you know, those those are going to serve as push factors for people to come here to the country more, um, especially from you know Northern Triangle countries, Mexico, and. You know, this brings me to my next question, but, you know, we're kind of seeing some changes with the types of people who are crossing our southern border unlawfully, especially in the past year. You know, what are your thoughts on the types of people who are expected to cross the southern border in fiscal year 2022? Typically, it's been uh, people from Mexico, the Northern Triangle, but now it's kind of expanding elsewhere.
0: Right, right. And, uh, you know, in the past, the vast majority of individuals coming to the United States were coming from Mexico with smaller percentages, making up the rest of it from primarily the Northern Triangle. Now we're seeing those dynamics shift to where Mexico might still be a plurality at most times, but a far greater numbers are now coming from Northern Triangle and also South, South American countries. But the other thing we're seeing increasing in alarming numbers is individuals coming from overseas. They're realizing that, mm-hmm. especially with so many pauses on legal immigration right now, it's easier to come illegally, even if you could in the past probably get a, uh, a lawful visa uh, to, come to, the, to come to the country. So we're seeing a lot more individuals, mostly economic migrants, coming from other countries. We're seeing from India, from China, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of uh, significant increases from African nations. And... Probably one area that's really concerning that we're seeing is is just more and more reports of individuals with ties to terrorism. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't know exactly how many because the Biden administration has decided to stop e- even press releases about suspected terrorists being apprehended at the southern border, claiming that. You know they need to not uh, issue those for safety and investigative purposes. When in reality, the, the real reason we all know is that they don't want that negative press. Absolutely. But, you know we saw issue. We saw you know where a couple Yamanis were apprehended last April, and some uh, a Saudi individual uh, just here in the last couple of weeks, and there was a report. In late 2021, from I believe it was the government of Peru mm-hmm. saying that they have seen like a significant increase in the number of individuals passing through that their intelligence services said had ties to terrorism in uh, Middle Eastern countries, and most of them that are apprehended would indicate, if they indicate at all, that they're making their way to the United States. So we're seeing we're seeing that, and it, it's it's uh, it's a concerning trend. it's not one that shouldn't have been predicted you know as it becomes easier to enter the united states via the southern border bad actors are going to do that uh they don't have to come up with big elaborate plans even even to the scale of like what we saw with uh, 9 11 or the 93 bombings and things like that they can just you know fly to mexico fly to you know northern triangle country and then just come across the border Mm -hmm. like you know most economic migrants are doing you know one more interesting prediction I guess you could say that I have for this coming year is that I th- I pre- I think we're gonna see a pretty significant increase in illegal aliens again probably coming across the southern or even the northern border at times but individuals flying over from Afghanistan and relative countries just simply individuals that are related to the refugees and parolees that mm. came, to the United States from Afghanistan during the the uh, evacuations that took part this year. Because for the most part, most of those individuals cannot at this time sponsor family members, friends uh, to come to the United States. And as we saw, that was a really chaotic process. So you oftentimes oh, yeah. had, you know, maybe, maybe a woman and child was able to get on an air, airplane, but not a husband or, you know, maybe... You know, parents are going to want to come over. So I, I would expect we're going to see a significant increase. And I think we already have, to a small degree, individuals trying to come to the United States uh, that were maybe uh, maybe have family or friends that came over during that evacuation period. And again, there's some concern with that because there's, there's no vetting at all that happens yeah, when none. illegal aliens come across the border. And that's not to mention, you know, health and safety issues with, you know, the COVID pandemic. Surging to unprecedented numbers now uh, with the Omicron variant, and of course, while all essential and non-essential travel across the border lawfully, individuals have to be vaccinated, have tests, etc., none of that applies to illegal aliens, and the administration has no plans to extend that to them.
1: Right. And honestly, the Biden administration has made it so easy for people to get into the country if they come here unlawfully. I mean, there's really no reason to apply for a visa and wait in line and spend all this money. I mean, you hop on a right. flight to Mexico <laughs> to a, a country in South America, you meet with a human smuggler, or they have these services where they bus you up to mm-hmm. the U.S.-Mexico border and it's, you know, pay a couple thousand and, and you're in. I mean, catch and release is fully back, reinstated, as, as you mentioned earlier, and um yeah, it, it, it's no wonder that so many people from these extracontinental countries are coming right now. I mean, it's right. the time is now, and you know, people think, oh, well, you know, these are probably just a, a few dozen people from China, Russia, India—not a big number, but these are thousands, right. thousands, tens right. of thousands in some cases. So it's not a, a small little thing that we're trying to blow up here. It's a legitimate thing. Look at the data; it's all online, and um, it's becoming uh, a, a bigger trend. And I, as you said too, like I expect this to be a. a a trend in, in fiscal year 2022 with this, these surges in extracontinental migration at our southern border. You know, changing gears a bit, 2022 is obviously an even bigger year for the Biden administration and congressional Democrats because of the midterms coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, Last year, congressional Democrats, of course, with the guidance of the Biden administration, they attempted to inject a mass amnesty for millions of illegal aliens in the nation's expensive uh, Build Back Better plan. And yet the Senate parliamentarian rejected these efforts three separate times. So with that being said, do you think that congressional Democrats, the Biden administration will still make an amnesty of this size millions of Leo aliens? Do you think that will still be a big priority for them in in this upcoming year, given that it's been struck down three separate times already?
0: Right. Well, it seems right now, uh, at least for the short term, that's been put on the back burner. Mm-hmm. You know, we're starting to see attention shift elsewhere. You know, such as ending the filibuster mm-hmm. and a number of other smaller packages uh, that are on Democrats' wish list. And I think part of that is they they see the polling. They see it from their own agencies. They see it from conservative agencies. All, all pollsters are showing, you know, you're lucky to get twenty percent of Americans. you know approving a mass amnesty at this time and barely 30 percent high 20s in some polls um are showing americans supporting uh the biden administration's agenda on immigration supporting uh the moves made by congress so i think they realize they're they're in kind of this conundrum actually um because they realize it's not popular with the american people but they also realize this is probably their last shot for a while most democrats see the writing on the wall when it comes to immigration a mass amnesty of 7 to 10 million people, or maybe even more, uh, would be the probably the quickest, most effective way to fundamentally change the electorate in the United States long term. And we've already seen this on a lot of proposals. You know, the initial wish was near immediate citizenship or permanent residency and voting rights within eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, some were pushing for four or five years. And so you kind of see this full wish list. And you know they tried to tone that down a little bit to maybe just parole them into the country, but we all know where that leads. There's no intention of, you know, stopping there. Right. The next step would be citizenship. You know, kind of kind of a repeat of you know everything we've seen. You know, with the 2013 proposals of the Gang of Eight and the, the Reagan era amnesty before that. So I guess I would I, I would expect to see them push it again at some point before the midterms, just like a last ditch effort. But it does seem like right now they are shifting kind of their immediate attention elsewhere. Yeah. But I would be surprised if this is the last we hear of it.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you here. I mean, it's obviously always going to be a priority for Democrats to, to, you know, focus on on amnesty efforts. But just you know, there's little momentum after you know the three strikes right. against them, um, with the economy tanking, COVID mm-hmm. to address. You know, those are arguably, I would imagine more important to voters right uh, especially before these and, midterms
0: and what we're gonna uh, what I would expect we might see again is one of these again one of these situations where they try to come up with something that's extremely popular to the American people mm. or at least marginally popular maybe you know maybe sending out another covid check or something yeah. that seemed to get pretty widespread support and perhaps trying to add some immigration some of this amnesty or immigration uh, Angle to that—that mm-hmm. that was the—that was the intent with the uh, reconciliation bill. Yeah. You know they saw that the infrastructure package, while it wasn't widely popular, it was one of President Biden's more popular uh, uh, agenda items, and so they were really hoping that this—that uh, this big wish list, this big reconciliation package, could kind of just be passed along with it, as everyone kind of looking at the two as one and the same. They got a little bit too greedy. They got a little bit too excited. They tried to put essentially everything from the Biden administration's wish list to the far left's wish list into this one package, and it didn't work.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and so it wouldn't surprise me if they try that same playbook again uh, before we get to the midterms, because again, I think they see that this is their last chance for quite some time to try to make a move on uh, you know pushing through some sort of amnesty. Mm-hmm.
1: And you also have to wonder, too, you mentioned, you know, with, with this plan C that they had, it was a uh, parole type of amnesty or that would lead to an amnesty. But, you know, how much more watered down can these amnesties be? I mean, the, the right. plan A was right. you know, completely a lot stronger than than plan C. And Yeah, it, you know, send,
0: in your, send in your paperwork, whether you've <laughs> committed a major crime or, you know, came here 30 years ago and now you're a citizen to plan C, which is basically parole, which, in their mind, again was like step one. We'll get you paroled in. Then we'll, you know, extend that beyond the next year. Then we'll, you know, give you an application process. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I'm not, i don't know how much more it can be watered down to right. It, but it, it's, we'll be watching it. I, I just, I think it's, you know, it, it's going to be a story that's going to make a lot of impacts mm-hmm. in 2022. But um, I also want to talk about, you know, big potential stories in 2022. know, we've we've talked about border apprehension expectations, Mm -hmm. the types of people who might be coming across the southern border uh, this fiscal year, amnesty efforts. But, you know, there's still a lot of other things out there. And, you know, one of them being uh, controversial Chris Magnus, the Tucson police chief. He's now officially confirmed as the commissioner for customs and border protection. And, you know, this is a guy who's clearly an Mm -hmm. anti-borders advocate. We've done a couple podcasts on him and you know, this, is, this could, you know, severely affect the morale of, of Border Patrol, which is underneath CBP and the officers there. And, you know, maybe he places more restraints on them. And, you know, this is his year to be, you know, officially confirmed as commissioner. Um, and I, I don't know if, if you thought that's something that you think will be a problem specifically in fiscal year 2022 in, in terms of just his role yeah. as an official, you know, Member now.
0: Yeah, I think I think one thing, and we've we're already seeing this to a certain degree. Is I think we're just going to see border patrol agents probably resign in record numbers. You're going to end up being left only with maybe the hiring of individuals who now realize that border patrol is going to turn into you know a welcome committee, and so you're going to have kind of your mass immigration woke leftist brand of individuals start to apply when they realize they're not enforcing immigration laws; they're acting as a welcoming agency. Uh, but I think you're going to have a lot of individuals who wish to uh, protect the rule of law are going to resign your, you know, maybe one positive takeaway you could take with that is there's still a lot of good people that feel mm-hmm. called to this work, and they're going to stay and do what they can to mm-hmm. make a p- positive impact and, you know, to continue to enforce the rule of law. But it's going to become nearly impossible. You know, here we just saw a number of months ago the entire false story about, uh, Border Patrol agents supposedly whipping Haitian migrants and Senator, uh, excuse me, Secretary Mayorkas, President Biden, Vice President Harris, you know, the entire uh, brass of the Biden administration without any proof, without even looking at the facts of this situation, condemn Border Patrol agents uh, who were, when it was all said and done, discovered to be doing their job and actually protecting these individuals from, you know, possible danger. You're, I think you're just gonna see so much more of that. Yeah. Because if there are individuals that are still willing to do their job, you know, uh, Commissioner Magnus and the Biden administration is gonna do what they can to break their spirit and you know just try to try to make this situation even worse for them. Yeah. Uh, and of course, we're already seeing them continue to be pulled off of their border posts and you know put into processing centers. And so I think that's just yeah, you can you can conti- expect for that to continue to intensify.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's important for our listeners to realize or understand that, you know, he was not officially confirmed in this commissioner role until I believe just a few weeks ago, maybe a right, month ago. Right. So, you know, he th- there was no one really in charge. I guess they had, I think it was Troy Miller. Right. The, uh, he was the acting and, commissioner. But this is... There and, uh,
0: was still a lot of authority being placed on individuals who were in place even during the Trump era mm-hmm. so while they were extremely limited in what they could do they still had a little bit of authority you know especially when you look at things like uh, title 42 mm-hmm. you know returning individuals who posed a uh, a health threat to the United States you know and you know we haven't even really talked about that I would be extremely surprised if by the end of fiscal year 2022 title 42 was still in place yeah uh, or if it's in place I think instead of looking at uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of individuals being uh, removed in the fiscal year, you're looking at maybe tens or, you know, just eventually it turning into a trickle.
1: Mm -hmm. And the Biden administration has flirted with the idea of permanently removing it and then they realize, you know, how effective it is and then they stop. But There's been a couple of reports in the the previous year that I've talked about, you know, they're just days away um, from removing it. And, you know, let's talk about that a little bit more, you know, kind of the COVID situation at our Southern border. You know, COVID is still rampant everywhere in our country. Uh, around the world. And, you know, you would think that there'd be some kind of protocols put in place for those arriving on our southern border unlawfully. We barely saw anything this past year, the first year under Biden. Um, you know, no uh, vaccine requirements, no COVID testing requirements. Uh, if you do test positive, there's no self-quarantine requirements. In some cases, like in McAllen this past summer, there were about seven to 8,000 migrants who were or tested COVID positive, and then they were released into McAllen. Right. You can't be having that. So with that... Being said, do you think that there would be any kind of COVID strategy or protocols put in place this upcoming fiscal year with, with well, the Biden administration?
0: The administration has already, you know, clearly stated no. They yeah. don't have any intention. Uh, you know, it's Biden's press secretary falsely claimed that uh, they're not intending to make any requirements, testing or vaccination requirements because she claimed that these individuals are only coming for a short period of time, which... It's not true. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that to be, we that has been proven false time and time again. In fact, the only individuals that are coming for a short time are criminals, drug traffickers, right. human smuggling, uh, those individuals who are repeatedly coming across the border, but just for a short period of time. Uh, otherwise, we see these individuals on average stay in the United States for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and beyond that, Again, we just saw additional mandates for individuals that are just coming to conduct essential business and then go home and in a matter of days' time are now requiring to at least be tested and in most cases uh, show proof of vaccination. So there is absolutely no intention. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just another area where it shows the hypocrisy of the Biden administration on both immigration and, quite frankly, the entire COVID issue uh, because if they would require testing or if they would require... Uh, vaccination for illegal aliens to come to the United States—you know—that might slow the whole process down a little bit. And you know, their kind of their entire strategy at this point is don't do anything to slow down right. the uh, sheer volume of people coming in the United States, because again, that was part of this whole two-prong approach: bring as many people into the country as you can, uh, get them amnesty, get them eventually voting rights, and kind of change the entire fabric of the country uh, of the electorate, if nothing else. And so, uh, you know, again, just requiring common sense yeah. procedures like that might threaten to slow down the process, and I, so they don't want to
1: do that. And you mentioned too, you know, for people who are arriving to our country lawfully, whether you're a citizen, uh, you're I guess here for vacation, you, you still go through COVID protocols. Yeah. So for me, right? I, I mean, well, it, I, why would they be it exempted? Served, here it also
0: serves a kind of sinister second. Value for the uh, for the administration as well, and that most of these individuals are crossing into the country in Texas, mm-hmm. which is a uh, state that has often pushed back against the administration's most strict COVID. Policies, So, of course, and we've seen this, tens of thousands of individuals being released into the state of Texas, COVID positive, being sent Mm -hmm. to Texas hospitals, decreasing ICU and bed capacities in these counties. And then what does the Biden administration do? They don't go, hey, I'm sorry about that. This is my bad. I'm the one releasing all these illegal aliens into your state. No, they're turning around saying, well, if you just get on board with our COVID policies, (laughs) you know, this this is why you need to kick... uh, these governors out of office, you know, it's it, it, it serves his political purpose twofold. It allows him to criticize or, you know, he thinks it allows him to criticize uh, conservative states like Texas or even Florida, where we see, you know, a large number of, uh, possibly even a plurality of illegal aliens going to that state. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also allows him to achieve his goals when it comes to dismantling everything that has to do with immigration enforcement. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I would expect that we're going to see public approval for these things to just continue to decrease because if if the last few months last six months has shown us anything uh, it's that the whole strategy of i'm the anti-trump just doesn't work anymore no it doesn't you know we saw that we saw that in virginia uh, with mcauliffe try to use that playbook and it doesn't work with the american people anymore because they actually care about actual progress they care about their interests being represented not just going you know, dismantling everything that Trump may have done. Right. Because there's a lot of, especially in immigration, there's a lot of things that Trump did that were quite
1: beneficial that represented the American interest. Absolutely. And that's the biggest maybe thing to take away for 2022 is had the Biden administration just not touch any of these Trump-era policies, we wouldn't be in the the situation now with the uh, apprehension totals, interior enforcement problems. Maybe they didn't like them, but if they just left them be these policies, we wouldn't be in a situation. And so- I guess we'll be seeing if they steer the ship in a better direction and reverse course, maybe. But mm-hmm. it just—it's not looking like it. Uh, I want to read you one more quote. Actually, this is kind of related to, to the COVID uh, topic we were just talking about. And you mentioned a Gensaki quote, but this is from um, Dr. Tony Fauci, who, of course, you know is mm-hmm. leading a lot of these COVID efforts. And he says, "quote When you have 700,000 Americans dead and millions and millions and millions of Americans getting infected, you don't want to look outside of the problem. The problem is within our own country." So, again, this goes to show you that it's, I don't know what it is. I mean, there's clearly just no understanding of wanting to have a a stringent COVID approach at our southern border. And, I mean, this is our top expert saying this. And if that's any indication, that's probably what we're going to see in in 2022. Mm -hmm. Just, Just no acknowledgement of that there's a COVID issue at our southern border. Right. But I just wanted to share that. I thought that was, you know, just unbelievable. That he said this maybe a couple months ago, but um, it's still very important for listeners to realize that. And this is an issue that won't be going away at all in 2022. Right. Um, so you know, I think that's kind of a good place to stop. You know, I don't know if you had any topics or ideas yeah. or, or stories that you you know in 2022 you expect the to kind of be dominant. The additional
0: thing I would note is just. It's easy for us, I know for me and you especially, I mean, just it's easy for us to look at these apprehension numbers and think, wow, you know, September was a really bad year. This month was a really bad year. We had or a really bad month. We had 200,000 apprehensions. But I think think something we're really going to realize in an alarming fashion in 2022 is that. Bad apprehension numbers are just the start of the problems. Mm-hmm. You know, because these individuals, the majority of them, and again, we we just released a uh, a report on this, uh, reviewing the record apprehension numbers and some of the peripheral issues because of that, um, and found that. Just the migrants released into the country, not talking about those that, that were deported, uh, and we're talking about just 2021, just those individuals released into the country are gonna cost taxpayers in 2022 approximately $6.5 billion. And if you, again, if you count in like cost of deportation and some of the other costs that go into that, it's probably a whole lot more. And that figure is going to go up by at least that much this year for those that come in in 2022. And if you factor in that, probably it's going to be even more apprehensions, more individuals released into the country and fewer deportations via Title uh, 42. Wouldn't shock me again if that number goes up over $10 for Mm -hmm. 2022 alone. Of course, there's going to be a lower number of jobs available for those trying to enter the economy during a difficult time with a sluggish economy. Uh, rent's gonna keep on going up. Uh, It's gonna be an increased negative impact to the environment. We've seen that time and time again. We just recently did an analysis on Florida, looking at that, how illegal immigration and unchecked legal immigration causes increased urban sprawl, which Mm -hmm. is inefficient use of energy, more traffic, more carbon emissions. All these things that you would think that the Biden administration would care about a lot, but they're just going to exasperate these issues. And uh, I think just 2022 is going to be kind of a—it's uh, going to be kind of a year where we face the consequences for a lot of the bad policies put into place by the Biden administration
1: in 2021. Mm-hmm. And let's reiterate that this is the first full fiscal year President right. Biden will be in charge of these border and immigration uh, policies. As you said earlier, he was only in charge of that for nine months, mm-hmm. and then the Trump administration was in charge of those for the first three months. So. Great stuff as always, Spencer. I think that's a wrap for today. We want to thank everyone uh, listening at home. We hope everyone enjoyed today's episode. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends and family. We'll be releasing these episodes every other Monday again. For more information on FAIR and our mission, please visit fairus.org or find us on Twitter at FAIR Immigration and on Facebook. Until next time, this has been the Understanding Immigration podcast presented by FAIR.